0: If you um, had to pick one celebrity to describe your personality to a stranger, what celebrity would you pick?
1: Um, living or dead? Yeah. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Warning. The following
0: podcast is a shit show. And the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life. According to an Idiot. This is According to an Idiot, your favorite podcast where you listen to me. I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm a Kaylee.
1: Why well, I only have ever known you as Kaylee, so I, I see you as Kaylee, I guess. I
0: told you I was almost named Harmony, right?
1: Thank God you weren't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my older sister's name is Melody, yeah. which is very nice and pretty. They wanted to go like a musical theme because my dad like plays guitar and bass and mm-hmm. whatever. So they were thinking of harmony.
1: So melody, harmony, and they're gonna name your youngest sister keyboard.
0: <laughs> right. What's the um symbol at the beginning of when you're writing music?
1: Um musical note. The
0: squiggly thing.
1: Yeah, the squig it's just called a squiggle.
0: Yeah. So it'd be melody Us pros call it squiggle. melody, harmony, and squiggle. I want my name to be ass, but in another language.
1: Just ass with an accent. So like ass.
0: <laughs> Let's look up um How to say ass in different languages right now. Cue the segment.
1: The segment is called Ask Me Anything.
0: Our weekly segment where we learn how to say ass in a different language every week.
1: So in Canadian, ass is said like ass is ass also. Right. That's your first lesson. In Australia,
0: it's
1: (laughs) It's ayes. Apparently, it's the same in Tennessee. (laughs) Ayes.
0: Okay. So in Japanese, oshiri. Oh, shitty. Oh, shitty.
1: Oh, shitty. Oh, shitty. Every time I try to do a Japanese accent, it just sounds racist.
0: What language would you like to know?
1: Okay. Russian.
0: Jopa. Shopa.
1: Eh, Shopa.
0: I want my name to be Jopa.
1: Come, children. It is dinner time. Eat my Shopa.
0: That actually sounds pretty if you don't know it means ass.
1: My beautiful daughter, Shopa. Melody, harmony, and (laughs) Shopa.
0: I would think it was a beautiful name. You know, hey, Chopa. You... Oh, I thought it'd be such a good prank as a parent if you named your kid Chopa and then they decide to learn Russian and then they go visit Russia. Even worse they become like a United Nations like translator or something. And all the Russians are laughing at her.
1: Mom, why am I asked?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, why did you do this to me, mother?
1: It really feels shitty.
0: So, Jeremy, do you watch any trash reality reality TV? Not, I
1: swear to Lord. I swear to Lord. The artist. The Grammy-nominated artist. If you bring up reality TV, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slim my wrists.
0: RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4 has just started, yeah, yep, yep. and there's some controversy.
1: I'm sure it's very politically charged.
0: Uh, The show is very much hot garbage, but um, (laughs) that's what I gravitate towards when it comes to TV is I love just steaming garbage.
1: In layman terms, pretend that we... Because we haven't. Pretend that we have never seen this. Explain to me the drama.
0: Oh, yeah. I made you watch it, didn't I? Yeah. So RuPaul's Drag Race, if you don't know what that is, it is it's about like drag- yeah, it's, it's like NASCAR. Yeah. It's like NASCAR. It comes on after NASCAR. Right. But the twist is, is it's drag queens, but basically they corral a bunch of drag queens, and then they compete in challenges every week, and every week to lip sync for their life, and one gets eliminated. But the twist with All Stars is that the two top queens, lip sync for the opportunity to send one queen home, but also just seems kind of like a shitty show to be on. I don't know. Like the older seasons, it did seem like a family and like loving and everything, but I think now it's more of like who can I backstab and oh can I be the villain yeah. and you know. Well, I'm
1: sure that they're they're getting notes from like network execs. Oh yeah, like sure. hey, make it a little bit more cutthroat.
0: Right, I'm sure the producers are probably like trying to push that. Which is kind of annoying, but I mean, uh, it's a drag show. Like, what? Well, I don't know what I expected, but right. I binge watched like six seasons in a row, and now I'm looped in. I have to keep watching it. You
1: got to keep on doing it, definitely. I'm, I'm just
0: happy Eureka isn't on it. Yeah, I'm we gonna, all, I'm we all know what that means. Shade because fuck Eureka, she is so annoying. I cannot. I can't stand Eureka.
1: We have seven listeners, and I don't think any of them know who our Eureka is.
0: Um. So we have a viewer question.
1: Oh, yeah. Let's jump the shark from, jump, from jump this shark. to Christmas.
0: Um, so Charlie sent in a question to us, and they would like to know, now that the worst time of the year musically is around the corner, what do you think is the best way to handle horrible, repetitive Christmas music?
1: Okay, well... That is a tough question. It really depends on just how you feel about the holidays. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Well, they obviously do not do like, not like it. the music. The only Christmas song I can tolerate is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You.
1: Really? I hate that one. Really? Because it's too pot. Like, I hear it too much.
0: That's that.
1: It's too upbeat. That's how I
0: feel about all the other Christmas songs. It's like, it's just, it never changes. It's always the same. And it's always about the same stuff, about freaking snow and eggnog and fucking inside and Santa's sexy for some reason. I don't, eh. Imagine
1: this. You're driving home. It's snowy, but you're not in a bad mood. So imagine- It's impossible right, if it's snowing, I'm in a saying, bad mood. Pretend like you're not in a bad mood. And you're snowing, you're like. on your way to the love of your life's house to for a Christmas party. Think of that. And it's snowing like it did in your childhood when snow didn't suck as much. <laughs> and and Nat King Cole's Christmas song is on. Oh. Like, Merry Christmas. Like, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of nice. There's some lights on the street corners, and that's the best. That's That is peak Christmas music.
0: But I can't enjoy it because I hate the cold weather.
1: I mean, I agree with you. Like, I understand that is a huge obstacle to tackle. If
0: I could go somewhere that's warm and that also puts up lights, I would like Christmas so much more.
1: Would you like the music?
0: Probably not.
1: See, I won't listen to Christmas music, like, when I'm not in my car. It's
0: just, like, you always get people remaking... The same no, no, Christmas yeah, yeah. songs every year. Every year that, somebody does it, and they try and make it all original.
1: Okay, that I get. I I get that because I, I do because that's all remix. that's all it is.
0: No, it's just like remixes all the time. Like if you get me Nat King Cole, I guess I can yeah. I can do I can do that. When I think that's of Christmas music, fine. I think of like
1: Bing Crosby and like the original stuff.
0: Right. Yeah. The dead era. That I would say I can listen to and enjoy, but like modern like radio Christmas music. No.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, that eat when you put ass, it that way. Eat my Santa. Eat my shopper.
0: <laughs> so to answer the question, how do you, how <laughs> yeah. do you avoid it? You can't. you avoid it? Yeah, you deal with you... it for a month, and then it's done, and it's New Year's, and people are going to the gym and stuff. Or you can't move somewhere where they maybe don't celebrate Christmas. That would be a solution. Like China? I feel like the Middle East probably doesn't.
1: Yeah, but, like, Christmas is no longer, like, really a Christian thing. Let's be real. It's just, like, a month. Right. Christmas is a month. Maybe two with November. Okay,
0: but you only have 12 months. A twelfth of your life every year is dedicated to Christmas music.
1: Okay, you know what? Then, you, fine. Turn it off, Charlie. Just turn the music just off. Just f-
0: turn it off. Put on
1: some Fallout Boy.
0: My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Parade. And that'll Spare be our Christmas on. music yep. for the entire month of December.
1: Some Papa Roach.
0: You know, My Chemical Romance is almost like extraterrestrial to me because their Whoa, music is so good. It's almost like you're so trying to segue good. into something.
1: huh? Why you t- what is this about? Jeremy. Okay.
0: I, I was probed. Uh, what? I said a probing.
1: You said a probing? Oh, you know what that reminds me of? <laughs> the thing we're supposed to be talking about right now. <laughs> Um, so, guys, uh, there is a slight reformatting of the show. We don't really need to talk about it in depth.
0: Basically, I don't know. We're just trying something different. If you like it, let us know. And if you hate it, um, also let us know. But be nice about it because we're, we're
1: fragile. We're fragile. Um, what we're doing is instead of tackling different issues, we are going to use our skills to tackle one big issue to really um, enlighten you guys on a subject. Right. And today, ah. what's our subject today, Kaylee?
0: UFOs and abductions.
1: Ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: That's what they sound like. Yep. The abductions. That's actually
1: what Bowser sounds like in Super Mario sixty four. I don't know That's if you played
0: that. I have. Wow.
1: Let's talk about UFOs. Let's,
0: Let's talk, talk about UFOs. Let's talk about U N O S. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about aliens.
1: Ooh, thank you. <laughs>
0: Sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventure. Is it human or inhuman? Earthly or unearthly? Tell this to everybody wherever
1: they are. Watch the sky. Everywhere.
0: Keep looking. Unbelievable. Fantastic. But I tell you it could happen.
1: UFO sightings. I think everybody knows about UFOs. It's a huge point of interest all across the world. The term itself, UFO, obviously stands for unidentified flight object. When it was used by like government officials back in like the 40s and 50s, they actually just called it a UFO. They would really? just go, UFO. Huh. Yeah, that really bothered me. Um, I don't like that. I know. It's like, what? But when you think about it, most- It's
0: like an oob. Yeah. Out-of-body yeah, experience. it is. It's
1: just like that. The term UFO was first coined in 1953 by the United States Air Force. Huh. And it is used to describe an object observed in the sky that isn't readily identified. So this could literally be, you know, in Superman, when everyone goes, look, it's a bird. No, it's a plane.
0: No, it's Superman.
1: For that split second, he is a UFO. Ah. So.
0: Spider-Man, you're scaring me. (laughs) (laughs) What? What the
1: fuck? (laughs) Spider-Man, you're scaring me. Oh, uh, isn't it? Okay. Uh,
0: okay. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so,
1: but they, they weren't always called UFOs. Um, some terms that predate the term UFO is flying saucer, flying disc, or my favorite, flying flapjack. Mm. Legit, someone would be like, uh, hey, you see that flapjack over there? And everyone's like, what the fuck? You mean the saucer? <laughs> Look, it's a bird. It's a flapjack. <laughs> no, it's Superman. Uh. Oh, yeah. Despite the famous term being coined in 1953, UFO sightings don't just go back decades, they go back millennia. The earliest known UFO sighting in recorded history occurred in 4th century China. But in some ancient Chinese text, they tell of a strange reoccurrence, uh, which occurred every 12 years for a span of time, (laughs) uh, where a so-called moon boat would come from the sky and hover over China. Every 12 years. And this Um, is
0: like a mass amount of people saw this?
1: Yeah, it was just written about. Like The masses knew, like, okay, it's been 12 years, and there's the moon boat. Cool. Hmm. Uh, Not to be confused with moon shoes, which is the worst toy ever
0: Those are fun.
1: Uh, You could jump
0: slightly higher than you could before. I
1: twisted my ankle so many times in my neighbor's moon boots. We never had them. My neighbor across the street did. Moon boots. Moon boots. And then next to that was the Sockham Boppers. Sock and boppers, oh, sock and boppers. Yeah. more fun than a pillow fight. And you just, ah. beat, the, just beat the shit out of each other All right. with and unwarranted it, like, rage. And it still hurt
0: really badly and you still got concussions. Right.
1: It still destroyed your face. Yeah, Right. Bloody noses. Anyways, others cite the first uh, UFO sighting to be from the book of Ezekiel, in which a curious vessel dropped from the sky and landed in uh, some place that is now modern Kuwait. K- wait, But k- wait. There's more. If you call now, you'll also get a third soccer bopper <laughs> to beat the shit out of your little brother with. Um, a wave of sightings were, uh, was also accorded uh, near Rome in 218 B.C. Uh, it was depicted in what's called the, I'm going to try to pronounce this, Ab Urb oh, Candita Libri, mm. <laughs> which sounds like I'm saying something backwards. Ab-herb.
0: Oh, okay, sorry. Quick deviation. Please. Did you see that news article about the kid named ABCDE, but it was pronounced <laughs> Ab-city?
1: Ab-city. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Ab-city. Apparently, it's
0: like a, like a common name.
1: No, what?
0: Not like common, but like Ab-city? she's not the first one to do Ab-city. it.
1: Ab-city. Welcome to Ab-city. That sounds like a workout video. I know.
0: It's, uh...
1: I'm Tyler Monroe. Welcome to Ab-city. Ab-city. Get ready to burn some fat. And find yourself.
0: Also, she missed the opportunity of doing the fun part of the alphabet. Elemento. Yeah.
1: L-m-n-o. Uh Anyways, where the fuck was I? Ooh, sorry. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: there is a very, very old, essentially a, a, a manuscript that is the history of Rome from back in the day. And it's called right. Ab Urb Condita Libri. God, I don't even know if I said that right. It's by a, a Roman historian named Titus Livius. And in the book, he describes, quote, an appearance of ships which had shone forth from the sky. This had occurred four years prior in 214 B.C. I don't understand how B.C.'s work.
0: Before Christ.
1: And then so in 900 C.E., which is Common Era, I learned, Mm -hmm. a burning wheel was spotted over Japan. At the same time, a foreign ship descended onto the shoreline of (laughs) Haratono. I'm the most un-Japanese sounding person ever. Excuse me. Let me see it. It's the last bullet point at the top. Haratono. A foreign ship descended onto the shoreline of Haratono described as follows. The outer shell was made of iron, and glass and strange letters were seen inside the craft. To me that sounds like a, like a specifically like a spaceship. Right, right. We had talked about this off the air, but um I think a lot of times when you hear about these sightings, especially the really old ones, I think a lot of times it can be written off as some sort of atmospheric anomaly, some sort of weird lights or whatever, mm-hmm. or even just a comet. But that specifically really interests me the whole like idea of glass and iron and stuff and mm-hmm. weird lettering it's spooky um, while a vast majority of UFO sightings are eventually identified, like, oh, that was a plane, that was a uh, weather anomaly, mm-hmm. etc., there still is a percentage that remains unsolved, and it's roughly 5% of all sightings, mm-hmm. which is a very small amount. Um, yeah, But say. there also are a lot of sightings. So in the olden days, we always think of them being called flying saucers, which I always hated. Right. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is a saucer? I mean, I know what a saucer is. It's like it's, what you put your drinks on. Exactly. It's what you put like little teacups on. There was a, a specific sighting that's kind of like in my what I believe to be like the watershed American UFO. Okay. So it's commonly referred to as like the Kenneth Arnold sighting. hmm June 24th, 1947. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Civilian pilot Kenneth Arnold reported seeing nine foreign aircrafts over Mount Rainier, which is in Washington State. It's like southwest of Seattle. Just some background on on him so you don't think he's a crackpot. Kenneth Arnold was regarded as a very experienced and skilled pilot, having flown a combined 9,000 hours, which when you do the math, that's 375 days. He knew
0: his flying objects.
1: 375. This motherfucker spent over a year in the sky. So... Most of those flight hours were spent devoted to search and rescue efforts. Hmm. And so on that day when he was flying, he got a call for a $5,000 reward to find a crashed marine transport plane that was near Mount Rainier. So he diverts his path, goes towards Mount Rainier, and he's like, he's looking around for this plane. Mm -hmm. He can't find it. But then all of a sudden he sees this series of really bright flashing lights. So he follows the direction in which he saw these lights headed. It leads him back to the mountain, and he sees nine of these really bizarre-shaped aircraft flying at incredibly high speeds. He first thinks they're they're jets— Mm-hmm. And so he starts to look for the tails, but there's no tails on these. Which back in the day, like no aircraft didn't have tails. Right. So he's like, "What the hell is going on?" So on top of the mountain, there's what's called the snowfield. It's just where the, sn- the snow forms on top of the mountain. Right. So against the white of the snowfield, he can see the silhouettes, the outlines of the, of the spacecraft, and he sees that they're unnaturally flat, like so mm. flat that he can't imagine a person fitting inside of it. Huh. And it's like crescent shape. And it's doing a bunch of crazy dips and they're all moving in in, in like a fairly synchronized order. Right. And so what he does, is he he times them. He can see them moving and he does some sort of pilot math. I don't know how he does it. (laughs) But uh, he figures out that they're going at an estimated speed of approximately 1200 miles per hour, which is three times faster than any known aircraft in 1947. So Arnold, he has
0: to be like shitting his pants. He's probably
1: just like, "What the hell?" But so I guess what his first thought was is like, "Well, maybe this is like some sort of secret government stuff that they're not that, right. we not, that I don't know about." And so he goes back to the little local airport where he flies out of whenever he flies, and no one really believes them. They're very doubtful. They're like, "I don't. That's impossible." So mm-hmm. no, you're wrong. The sightings spread pretty quick and they made headlines. Arnold was being interviewed in publications such as the Chicago Times and the Saturday Evening Post. Um, Eventually, the government started to investigate the sightings. They quickly learned that there were 16 other UFO sightings that had taken place in the same area at the exact same time as Arnold. Damn. So they're like, okay, this is a this is a thing now. Mm -hmm. So Arnold um, is, is he's getting a lot of buzz in general. But he's also getting a lot of backlash. People are just like doubting him being like, this Mm -hmm. guy's a crackpot. Don't listen to him. Right. But then he starts getting letters from ex-military pilots. Essentially what they say in their letters is like, hey, uh, back in the war, uh, we were all briefed before heading into combat for some reason that we might see aircrafts that fit the design and model that you described.
0: What? He's
1: like, yeah, we just, no, we weren't allowed to tell anybody that. Yeah. That's so
0: freaky. Government is just weird in general to me. Yeah,
1: uh, And so they're like, you're not going crazy because this was definitely a thing. Some of what I think these men were describing were Foo Fighters. That's right. Dave Girls. Oh, I was going to say. Dave Girls in this episode.
0: Where I say I'm not like the others. I saying? I'm not that is a terrible
1: <laughs> word. We, like, we sound like birds. So the term Foo Fighter was used by Allied aircraft pilots in World War II to describe various UFOs um, that had been seen in the skies over both European and Pacific theaters of war. Typically orbs of light that didn't necessarily have much of a shape. Pilots insisted that these things would follow them during combat. So the first sighting occurred in November 1944 by a fighter pilot over Western Europe. Uh, So how did it all start? Well, first of all, the term was coined during World War II by a radar operator in the 415th Night Fighter Squadron. His name was Donald J. Myers. So he borrowed the the term from this comic strip that was popular at the time called Smokey Stover. Gross. Yeah, so it was a comic strip about a firefighter. And the guy's catchphrase was, where there's foo, there's fire. And um, I don't know what foo means. And like I tried to research it, and it, it literally means nothing. It's like a placeholder word. Oh, so I, 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 it pisses me off. I tried so hard to understand what the fuck foo means, and everyone's like, it's, just a, it's a nonsense word. So November twenty seventh, 1944, in a mission debriefing, the unit's intelligence officer stated that Myers and another squad member had sighted a red ball of fire that appeared to chase them through a variety of high-speed maneuvers. Myers, agitated by the unexplainable occurrence, reportedly had um, a copy of the comic strip in his back pocket. He takes out the comic strip, slams it on the intelligence officer's desk, and he says, quote, it was another one of those fucking Foo Fighters. <laughs>
0: oh, God. He's like, what?
1: And so from then on out, they would call them fucking Foo Fighters. <laughs> Literally, like, that's what they would call them. Is fucking. 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 Foo- fucking. Do the Kaylee voice. Fucking.
0: The fucking Foo Fighters. Fucking Foo Fighters. <laughs>
1: Uh, until a journalist reporting on the story uh, had to clean it up to just Foo Fighters. Because, you know, back then you couldn't say right. fuck. fucking. Now Can you imagine if we were talking about aliens, seeing an alien ship, and I just smack down a copy of Beetle Bailey. Just a comic strip of the Family Circus, Calvin and Hobbes, whatever. <laughs> and I go, it's the fucking Foo Fighters. And I just leave the room. You'd be like, what's the matter with them? But regardless, I'm going to call them that. Thanks, man. Thanks. Both sides saw these. Japanese pilots, Nazi pilots. They mm-hmm. all they all had experiences being f- tracked by these weird little glowing ships.
0: Can you imagine? Like, I'm just a- picturing I'm an alien, mm-hmm. right? You are. And I stumble upon this planet with these people who are dumber than I am. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to fuck around with them. I'm going to chase them around with my little saucer and freak Mm -hmm. them out a little bit, but not actually do anything Mm -hmm. to them that's harmful or good even. I'm just going to like biz, biz, guys. Here I gonna am. Watch and him I'm gonna, duke it out. Yeah, yeah and then I'm going to bail.
1: Yep. Just freak, really freak him out. I would so do that.
0: Yeah, like that. That's totally something like a chaotic neutral alien. It really is Me. chaotic <laughs> neutral. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But you know, I just thought, what if that's a strategy of theirs? So if we ever actually do come in contact with them, or like at some point when they decide they want to, I don't know, bang or whatever, mm-hmm. um, we're like familiar with them. So it's not such a foreign concept and we're not so scared. Right. You know, because like. Really, we've had centuries or generations of
1: little uh, minute experiences.
0: Right. Li- these little experiences that everybody's aware of. So when it does actually happen, it's like, oh, that's like, true. this is kind of like I've expected this to happen because of all these little nuggets of information I've gotten over the years. That's, a,
1: that's an idea. Yeah, because they're like dipping their toes in the water. So we're not it's, right. not, it's not a total culture shock when they show up. Exactly. Like if tomorrow an, uh, the mothership landed in like Central Park, if the mothership landed tomorrow in Central Park, we'd be like, oh, I knew it, which is way different. It'd be like,
0: okay, I expected this because people have been reporting alien sightings for years. It
1: wouldn't be a totally foreign concept to us. Um, They were typically described as large glowing orbs um, ranging anywhere from like red, white, orange, what have you, that would appear out of nowhere, stalk aircrafts, and mimic the slightest movements. So for a long time, people were saying like, oh, this is Nazi technology. Hmm. The Nazis are so ahead of the curve they made these little missile-guided drone-type things that have a, a a no like no crash like oh they're just trying to fuck with us and then the Nazis are like oh, we're seeing them too so how are you talking about so, uh, pilots claimed it felt as if the Foo Fighters were toying with them, following them for lengths of time before making wild turns and disappearing into the night. Despite all this, the pilots all agreed that they never felt that the Foo Fighters were hostile. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did note that they could never outmaneuver them. The Foo Fighters would be right on their tail, and in some cases going like at insane speeds that they couldn't mm. catch up with. Interesting note attached to this, uh, around that time during the war, Nazi engineers and like scientists were actually developing saucer-shaped planes. They, they had this one where... It was essentially one metal saucer. Like the the wings were one circle, oh. and the fuselage went in the middle of that circle. Interesting. And so it could actually fly. It couldn't take off, but if you launched it from a um, prop plane, if you launched it like a Beyblade <laughs> into the sky, it uh, it could fly on its own. So it looked have like to a get, saucer.
0: Um, somebody that's really good at shock put, and they take yeah. it and they like spin around a that's few great. times yep. and they got, let it go.
1: They got five guys to. Um, Throw it like a frisbee into the air and it, it right. took off.
0: That's it's the new, um, ultimate frisbee craze.
1: So it's, I think it's worthy of, worthy of noting real quick that uh, the government was really obsessed with UFOs for a bit because they knew that something was up, they knew they're shit like was a happening. concerned housewife. Oh, yeah, they want them, they want mother to be good. I don't know, <laughs> what I'm Ew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know my husband's um, cheating. I have to
0: find <laughs> out with who. And how? It's an alien. How do I please him the way she pleases him?
1: There is a small top secret investigative operation conducted by the Air Force to look into unidentifiable UFOs. <laughs> <laughs> Looking into UFOs from 1952 to 1969. Uh, this was originally it started as what was called Project Sign. Then it was moved to Project Grudge, and it was finally known and most famously known as Project Blue Book. There's mm-hmm. a new show coming out on History Channel looks really good called Project Blue Book, and it looks really, really fucking interesting. Huh. I'm sure it's dramatized to shit, but still. I you, know, mean... you know who's in it is Littlefinger from Game of Thrones.
0: What? Yeah, he really? Plays, he
1: plays like the main detective. Wow. Yeah, super interesting looking show. Anyways, cool. so check that out. Um, but there are, I know, of at least 10 sightings that Project Blue Book mm-hmm. has- cited as being actually unexplainable mm-hmm. that they that they designated as actual threats uh and that would be perfect if i had taken the time to write all those down i didn't <laughs> but um what was what i found weird about it i saw a map of of those specific 10 i'm sure there was more but these specific 10 uh they were all over the country like they they weren't Up, um localized anywhere. yeah Okay. Because um, this was done through the United States Air Force, okay. it was all over the country. So it was. It was. I thought that was really interesting. There wasn't one localized area. Hmm. So that's pretty much all I got for you in the realm of strictly UFO sightings. But what I'm interested in is <gasps> what happens when you get taken by a UFO. Oh, uh, what's up with that?
0: Huh? So. Alien abductions. So when you get that little finger in your butthole, it's not your partner doing it. It's an alien.
1: They could turn into a partner. Right. You don't know that. Yeah, love, love works in mysterious ways.
0: So the first major uh, alien abduction encounter, uh, arguably the most famous, you might have heard of it. Uh, it happened in 1961, and it's with Betty and Barney Hill. Have you heard of this? I have heard
1: of this. What is this was? Is this, oh, is this with the gray ones?
0: Yes. Yeah, they're, they're called Greys. Um, Greys, The aliens, yeah. They're, they're um, that's their like nickname, I guess. Uh, essentially, the story of Betty and Barney Hill is that they decided to take a spontaneous vacation, uh, and they were driving through New Hampshire, and they stopped at a diner and got some coffee. They were getting a little tired but decided just to keep on trucking along anyway, so they start driving again. And they notice this thing that's shining in the sky. And it seems to be following their car. Barney, I should note, he's a very intelligent man. He had an IQ reportedly of 140.
1: Oh, God. Damn.
0: Yeah. And he assumed it was like a satellite that kind of got out of orbit and, um, you know, some, some variation of that. And he was trying to calm his wife down. You know, don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, I just keep going uh, don't, you know, just don't pay attention, you know, ignore it. No
1: biggie. Don't worry about it.
0: Um, so they keep driving and they notice it, it, it's zigzagging all around the sky and it's very persistently following them. Mm. Well, eventually they get so curious. So they stop the car at like a picnic spot and they have binoculars on them. So they, um, Barney uses the binoculars to take a look at it. At this point, they said it was like, 100 feet above them. Or It was oh, very, very close to them. That's scary. And he takes a look, and he describes it as a bunch of tall, gray people um, running around through these, like, windows, but they appear to be wearing uniforms similar to Nazis. And... Hmm. He got very scared and he went back in his car to grab his gun. But when he was looking up at the UFO and through the binoculars, he couldn't get his hand to point up to the UFO. He, he just couldn't do it. Like something um, was
1: preventing him? Or right. Was... Like
0: something was preventing him from pointing his gun to the UFO. And he recalls thinking to himself like, oh, shit, they're going to catch us. You know, some God. variation of that. Yeah. So they, they try and get away, but they start hearing this buzzing sound, and then there's nothing. No memory. And the next thing they remember is waking up. Uh, it's two hours later, and they're about 35 miles away from where they originally saw this saucer. And Betty's dress is ripped, and Barney's sc- shoes are all scuffed up. So, this experience was fairly traumatic for them. Betty started having a lot of disturbing dreams, and Barney started having, um, he started developing a lot of ulcers and anxiety. And um, uh, so, a few years later, in 1964, they finally decided to go see a psychiatrist about it. And they went under hypnosis to try, and it was called um, like reverse hypnosis, recollection hypnosis, or something like that, where they tried to recall their memories essentially like what happened oh, where yeah. they were missing
1: is that where like they they kind of put you in like a sedated state with hypnosis and then talk right. to you and you like subconsciously answer
0: right you, you like subconsciously are able to find the memories that you're not able to right. find like the
1: repressed memories right
0: the repressed memories that you're not able to find when you're fully conscious because your brain's preventing it or there's some block or okay. you know something like that so when they go through this hypnotic state they're able to start recalling uh, all of these events that happen. And Betty is able to recall that this saucer was about the size of a house. You know, very thin, shiny. Um, the people were very tall, very skinny, gray, had very, like, round black eyes. This is, like, where the original alien stereotype... Big head, like, big eyes, yeah,
1: little nose and mouth. ...came
0: from. Because this is the first, like, abduction encounter right. somebody had. Barney and Betty had... Kind of different experiences. I mean, the same general story, but Barney was more, they were kind of scary. He compared them to Nazis as very like stern and kind of um, scary looking. What year was this again? This was 1964. They recalled the memories. This happened in 1961.
1: I wonder if Barney was a veteran from World War Two.
0: Might have been. Because
1: maybe that's why he was so afraid of them because.
0: Right. He keeps making the connection.
1: Yeah, with the Nazis.
0: Right. Um, but Betty had a more pleasant experience. She started recalling instances where she was like having conversations with them and joking with them oh,
1: wow. and
0: uh, Barney had dentures and they found that his teeth popped out and they thought it was very funny that his <laughs> teeth would pop out. Poor um, Barney. <laughs> yeah. God so damn it. Betty was much more of like they were funny and you know, they were talking, <laughs> having a good time.
1: Meanwhile but Barney's getting roasted. I know, he's <laughs> getting <laughs>
0: roasted as Hitler alien. Yeah. Um but they both uh, recalled that they were examined. They had the, like, shiny table. Like an Like operating... exami- examination table with yeah. the lights and everything. They both recall being examined by them uh, where they would take, like, nail clippings and uh, skin shavings and hair strands. Oh, that's
1: very fetishy.
0: Yeah. A lot of, like, fluids and stuff. And Betty <sighs> said that she got some sort of pregnancy test where they stuck a long needle into her stomach that she, she thought was some, some kind of pregnancy test, but I, I think that's just fucking weird. I don't know how Barney, you... Barney,
1: you are not the father. <laughs>
0: yeah. But this experience was so traumatic for them that they decided to report it to the Air Force, and it was actually reported in the Project Blue book, and the Air Force investigated it. Mm-hmm. Um, Betty originally did it because she was scared of radiation, that she might have gotten from the spacecraft. Uh, okay, yeah. But the story became very mainstream after um, the government started looking into it and they were talking to a few people. And after that, it's where you start seeing a lot of books coming out about paranormal instances. And then, um, like, in the 90s, you start getting a lot of television shows like X-Files and... Oh,
1: so you're saying this is, like, what inspired that stuff. Right.
0: This This story kind of inspired and it kind of, like, tumbled into this big fascination. Right. Pop culture fascination. And because of that, there was also quite a few studies that psychologists did uh, to kind of try and understand why so many other people start coming forward or, you know, other people start having instances that were very similar to the Hills. One study found that there were five traits that all of these people who had alien abduction encounters had in common. They either regularly experienced sleep paralysis and hallucinations. They had a tendency to recall false memories. They had high levels of absorption. And what they mean by that is like fantasy proneness. So, like really out of this world experiences or thoughts or, you know, oh, like okay. they're very like imaginative. Okay, and big and imagination. They had new age beliefs. So, like the tendency to accept unusual. Or non mainstream ideas.
1: Oh, so like to believe that it was aliens.
0: Right, exactly. Or like tarot cards and ghosts and like paranormal. More fringe, go
1: towards like the fringe topics.
0: Right, exactly. Or they had uh, familiarity with the cultural narrative of like the green, slender, big eyes, you know, the flying saucer. So they they had
1: expectations that that could have influenced their experience. Exactly. Okay.
0: So they found that these five traits heavily influenced the type of people who were reporting these kind of instances, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. Because say, uh, majority, I don't know if there are any that can't be explained, but as far as I know, almost all of these can be explained from like a sleep paralysis or hallucination or like some sort of false memory. Because like a big treatment back then, the psychologist, was hypnosis. Like Mm -hmm. that was the thing that you did for that kind of thing. right? But depending on the person who's performing it, they can ask very leading questions and can get you to believe certain things that happened that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise. And um, if you're more prone to the false memories, maybe you kind of make
1: like the power of suggestion.
0: So, right. So if like somebody was in hypnosis and I'm like, well, did you see anybody there with you? Yes, right. I did. Yes, right. Yes. It's like yes, yes.
1: Do you believe they were aliens? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, it, right, they are right. aliens.
0: Yeah. Did they hurt you? You yeah. know, just like you stuff bet like that. You they did. <laughs> right. Yeah. And versus just like what was there?
1: Yeah. Just you like, know, tell me what you saw. Like.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Somebody's kind of leading you in that direction. You're more likely to kind of make these memories of what may have happened, and then yeah. you convince yourself of its reality. Um. And the same thing with like sleep paralysis is a a lot of these encounters where people in bed, they were sleeping in bed or they were in their room and then all of a sudden there's this bright light or there's these aliens standing around their bed or... They see them, like, running around their house or... That's true because
1: a lot of close encounters I've heard of is people like, oh, they they abducted me from my bed. Yes. And then I woke up and from... I wow, yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of them... I went on Reddit, too. There's, like, a whole subreddit of people who talk about their abductions. Oh, really? And um, most of them are... They were sleeping and then they woke up and they, like, saw an alien and the alien saw them and it ran away or it was doing something to them and then they woke up and saw it and it disappeared or... Oh,
1: so a dream...
0: <laughs> see, yeah, so so like stuff like that, or right, right. Um, they woke up and saw it, and then you know they black out, and then they they uh, less the next thing they remember is they're like in their kitchen or some somewhere yeah. they weren't before right. that happened, you right. know, and a lot of that can be explained from sleep paralysis too, because like when you, uh, it's basically when you are still dreaming, uh, but you're awake. So I get sleep paralysis episodes where I see people that aren't there. Mm-hmm. particularly little children, which is very scary. No, they do. Uh, right. <laughs> um, but a lot, a lot of people see aliens, too. Yeah. And that kind of plays into the cultural, like, narrative of it, too. Like, if you are having movies or, you know, cartoons or you have all these, like, people talking about it, your brain might go back to that perception and maybe right. project it into exactly. your dream. You, you,
1: you have, um, like, source material to work with.
0: Right, exactly. Like
1: if I think, if I go into a haunted house, a house that I'm told is haunted, Mm -hmm. I already know from movies and TV shows what I believe a ghost looks like, you know, what I believe I think I might see if I were to see a ghost. Mm -hmm. So if I think I see something, I'm going to think I see like a a Victorian age woman in a dress or a little kid all pale and scary. Like I have an idea of what my mind could trick myself into Mm -hmm. seeing.
0: So that's what most uh, like science people say is kind of like the cause of these. Now they're not as like reliable. Uh, there are like a few stories that are kind of creepy to hear about. There was one I read where there were four guys who were camping, mm-hmm. and they decide they want to go fishing or you know go by the lake or whatever, and they see this thing flashing in the sky, and. They, you know, try and take a look at it or whatever, and they hear this buzzing, and then it's just black. There's nothing. And they wake up hours later. It's, like, dark at this point. They had made a fire just beforehand that they had planned to go back to, and by then it was completely burnt out. It was dead. And they went through hypnosis as well where they, you know, had all these memories. But all the stories aligned up with each other, which is the very weird thing.
1: You could go the skeptic route. You No, you can go the believer route where you're, like, Oh, well, you know what? If we're all experiencing similar things, it must be real. Or the skeptic route of, well, if there's only one kind of account from people to draw mm-hmm. from, like you said with the suggestion thing, of course, every account is going to be similar because right. that's what you're basing it off.
0: Right. And I feel like there has to be some sort of like self-doubt. Like, did this actually happen? While well, all these other people experience this thing. So right. like, yeah, my experience is like that too.
1: Right. But also like, have you ever had just like a really, really realistic dream that you wake up and you go, like, okay, that was... Like, you have to tell yourself that was yeah, a dream and yeah. be like, fuck, that was real.
0: Yeah, I it's get, I like get that. those all the time, yeah. I did find some statistics that I thought were interesting. 77% of Americans believe that Earth was visited by aliens at some point. Mm. I was like, I don't know. I don't know why... That's, That's a like pretty huge... Um, most people.
1: Considering that roughly so 5% of UFOs are, are considered actually unidentifiable.
0: Right. Those numbers and don't really match up. And most abductions are explained by sleep paralysis or
1: or hallucination or, or, or false, false perce- memories yeah, false memory. right
0: so i thought that was really it's wild i mean i think so like what do you think do you think earth has been visited by aliens
1: personally yeah i think i think so i do
0: too yeah i, I don't
1: know i don't know if it's like how what we're talking about like yeah. there's that ancient astronaut theory mm-hmm. where uh an alien lands on earth and says hey everybody just thought i'd help you out a little bit um this is how you make a wheel Okay, Mm -hmm. I'll see. By the way, this is fire. Here you go.
0: There's so many interesting alien theories. I actually have a few um, that I was going to talk about uh, in a minute. Okay. But, yeah, I thought that statistic was really interesting. And then also 30% of people believe, or Americans believe, that the government covered up alien evidence.
1: Totally. I'd believe it. If there was. Fuck the government. If there was. I mean, just reading about all (laughs) the shit about, like, Project Blue Book and stuff. Right. The reason they were researching it was so that they could make sure that they could not necessarily hide it, but keep it controlled.
0: But, yeah, so since 9-11, there haven't really been as much, like, pop culture interest in aliens. I, I It was more of, like, I think a whimsical, fun thing to think about. And then yeah. after 9-11, it just...
1: The kind kind of
0: mood changed. If you find the right communities, there are still people that are very gung ho about aliens.
1: Oh, it's a heat. Yeah, it's like a huge
0: thing. Um, People are trying to debate that like internet and social media has killed aliens because it used to be like so big and popular and everyone loved talking about it.
1: I bet it's made it stronger.
0: Right. And that's the thing is they think it's mainly just made it an echo chamber. Yeah. So maybe it's not so widely talked about, but right, the people yeah. that do talk about it, it's are like talking
1: all, a lot, about are it. talking a
0: lot about it. And they all get so forums. much like um, information and like reassurance from other people who believe the same thing. That's just like this. Yeah. Perpetual. Yeah. Um, intense belief in aliens.
1: Here's, here's what I think, going back to what you're talking about, like government cover-up. Almost everyone can agree that there's got to be aliens out there. There's got to be life in the universe. Mm-hmm. At what point did it become silly for someone to say, like, I think there's UFOs. I, I think I saw a UFO. Because when you think about it, if so many people agree that Earth was visited at some point, 77% of Americans agree that Earth was visited mm-hmm. at some point or another by, by aliens, Why is it so commonly laughed at and thought of as insane? Because, I mean,
0: what do you do with that information after that? If it is true, then your entire, you know, the whole world is a lie. Especially
1: right now. Like, the world is on fire. In some cases, literally. Yeah. But uh, it's like a whole big ball of hate. But the one thing that would bring us together, the only thing that's going to bring us together is is aliens. (laughs) Yeah. We're like, oh, my God. We really are like brothers and sisters. I'm ready
0: for the alien millennia to start. That'd be fucking cool. Well,
1: did you hear about that? Okay, so two things. That I should have uh, written down so I have more information on it. But there was, um, I want to say in either tw- some somewhere between 2014 and 2016, the New York Times released a thing from the Pentagon about how they saw a UFO. Huh. Can I identify it? It was a spacecraft. They just don't know what it is. Hmm. There was footage of it from a fighter jet during oh. practice. They're like, we don't know what this is. It's going way too fast. It's not the shape of any kind of thing that we're used to seeing. It was just in the middle of some other conflict, so it got totally like disregarded right and also there was that thing recently with that asteroid that was entering our orbit there was there was
0: the big long turd looking turd yeah (laughs) it was like it was like
1: a rock and the thing was um the way that it was moving it had to have been like jet propelled right yeah it it would slow down then speed up then change course and Mm -hmm. they're like who knows what the hell that is right and it makes sense that if you were to covertly enter like an intelligent planet You'd want to be camouflaged. Why mm-hmm. not be like a fucking you know, asteroid? That's kind of smart.
0: Yeah. I have some theories. I don't have these theories, but they are theories <laughs> of why we haven't found aliens yet. So I have two, four, six, eight. Just to brie- briefly right. talk about. Um, yeah. Very briefly. So there's the rare earth theory, which basically means that we're unique and we're the only complex life and we're just very special. We're special snowflakes. Another theory, which is called the bottleneck theory, is that there were aliens, but they didn't survive. Mm. Uh, much like our Earth now with climate change, we're very quickly going to a dead Earth. Yeah. And maybe these other aliens uh, weren't able to overcome. The troubles of their planet, or they weren't able to leave or stabilize their habitat, so they just died.
1: Remember the um that one Spooks- like Mars. the yeah the Spook Squad I did, or the yeah. the Phantoms of Mars.
0: Right, the Great Filter, which basically means that Earth was subjected to uh, a Great Filter, so we missed basically a lot of things that would have killed us, like stars dying and like black holes and uh, just different like geological upheavals. It's like supernova blasts or gamma rays, uh, radiation. But it just like missed us by so, like, chance.
1: Right place, right time.
0: Right. Um, the Great Silence. Basically, we're not worth it. We're just too stupid and they don't care about us. And they're just yeah. like, meh.
1: To me, that, that one that, makes a that lot of sense. Yeah. It's the most bleak, in my opinion. It's like insulting. Um,
0: early birds, which basically means that we're just the first to do it. That's cool. In comparison, the timeline of the universe, the Earth is actually pretty early. The last star will burn out in a hundred trillion years from now, and ninety-two percent of planets are yet to be born. So, we're the first, but not the last. Huh? Which is kind of nice.
1: Yeah. Or we'll just die first. We're gonna right. be the first bones they find.
0: Yeah, that's kind of cool too, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, I mean, and if there's like, <laughs> yeah, if there's cool. like reincarnation, then we get to be the ones to discover our old bones.
1: That's trippy. Isn't
0: that weird? We, just, we
1: found ourselves.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so not life as we know it. So basically, we had it all wrong. The extraterrestrials are not biological at all, and they're machines. We shouldn't be looking for solar-harvesting beings. We should be looking for non-carbon-based structures, and not listening to radio signals.
1: I think we talked about this in the last episode. I think we talked. Yeah, we did. Um, uh, about putting our consciousness into machines. Yeah. And then existing. It's like could be like that. Right. Maybe that's be, just the next like step is in, in right. to so we're, the biological we're looking bodies. F-
0: yeah, we're looking for biological signs when we shouldn't be at all. And they're just like machine it's, robots. Yeah, it's
1: not terrestrial.
0: Um, and then there's another one. This one is basically a long road ahead of us. It's basically just saying that we barely scratch the surface of radio, uh, and there's so many more wavelengths to scan, and we haven't have scanned them all, so we shouldn't lose hope that there aren't any uh, signals from aliens because we can't scan them all. Oh, so, we just so they might exist, and we just can't access it yet.
1: It just hasn't reached us
0: yet. Right. Yeah. There's so many wavelengths.
1: Because right now, because uh, there's that whole thing about radio waves and... TV waves waves, or whatever, where like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, they were talking about like, oh, right now, the last broadcast of I Love Lucy has just passed by Pluto or something or just there's something like that where it's like, OK, so that means right now, some far off alien overlord is getting like the howdy doody comedy hour. Mm-hmm. Can some you imagine 1930s if it's like, like hey, like
0: vice versa and some random Joe Schmo in the middle of Kansas randomly picks up on a radio television show? Oh. Yeah. that's, that's not that weird. weirder? Yeah. Um,
1: like, they're just like us.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, and then the last one is basically that it, they're just too far away. There is intelligent life, but we're not able to look that far away yet. And so we don't know they're there, but maybe we will eventually. Are
1: that's very, very interesting.
0: Yeah. Are we still doing good vibrations? Is that still a thing? If you want to. Do you have any good vibes to give up?
1: Um, well, you know, it's the holidays. I want to give uh, good vibes out to all my friends and family.
0: Yeah. So Um, here's uh, our new segment where we put just some happiness into the world. Yeah. Uh, Good vibrations. My good vibrations are going to go to Christmas lights. And that's so nice. And they just make everything so cozy and, like, warm and happy. And I'm happy that they exist.
1: But you know what? I'm going to double down on that and say um, in in honor of Charlie – uh i'm really thankful for christmas lights and christmas music gets me in a good mood i'm loving that bing crosby i could bing my crosby all day maybe smack some nat king cole up my ass that's
0: disgusting how about that all right what did we talk about today jeremy
1: goddamn aliens is what we we talked about
0: about, yeah we talked about aliens protect your butts you know Um, you
1: never really even talked about probes
0: there weren't any uh i think it's just like what happens when a man and a woman love each other very much, but they don't want a baby.
1: It's called brown fingering.
0: Mm-hmm. Feels very good yep. for both both parties. For both parties. Right.
1: Cause you, cause man,
0: because he has the prostate, and woman, because... She,
1: she has the satisfaction of knowing that she, she... She's taking care of her man. She's taking care of her man. Amen.
0: Thank you guys for listening. If you have a question you would like to submit like Charlie, you can email us at accordingtoanidiot at gmail.com, and you can also tweet us at Idiots Accord. We also have an Instagram called According to an Idiot, and you can leave your questions, comments, and concerns at any of the above. We're also going to be switching to Podbean soon. We'll still be on SoundCloud for a little while, but... If you'd like to, you can do stuff on Podbean with us and uh, probe us, maybe. I don't yep. know. You tell me.
1: Give us a like or a probe. however. You right. feel. whether Regardless, we're going to get a finger from you. All
0: right. If you have a good vibration you want to send out to the world, let us know, and we'll talk about it on our podcast yeah. for a minute. And if wanna I sh- disagree, sh- then I will yell at you profusely.
1: Pur- pur- purposefully.
0: Purpose. Pur- purposefully. Pur- purposefully pur- profusely. Pur- purposefully. Pur- purposefully.
1: Uh Yeah, guys, so I hope you are all having a great holiday season. Uh, If you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever rest of you scum celebrate, (laughs) you non-denominational perverts, love you guys so much, you beautiful babies. Bye. Hasta la vista.